Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to take a minute to tell you about something special going on at Grace Life on Sunday, March 29th. During our 1015 service, we'll have lots of special stuff going on. We have child dedication and baptism, but we're also going to have, for the first time, Grace Life Fellowship Podcast Live. Conversations in Grace with Jesse and Tim and some other special guests. We think you'll really enjoy it. If you're in town and you can make it, come check it out on Sunday, March 29th, 10:15 a.m. at Grace Life Fellowship off of Behringer Foreman Road. Also, directly after the service, we'll have our spring day. Lots of fun stuff to do for the whole family. Good food, good fellowship. So we hope to see you there. Um, check out the website and our Facebook page for more details. All right, today's episode, another edition of Conversations in Grace with Jesse and Pastor Tim. This week, instead of approaching a topic directly, they pick one verse from scripture and see where it takes them. It was really interesting. So we hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. Sitting here with Tim. How's it going, Tim? Good, Jesse. How you doing? Good. It's good to be back. Yeah. I'm tired. Are you? Yeah. You know, this is the first time I I, I got here tonight. I drove up in the parking lot and I fell asleep in my truck. That's, <laughs> that's how this week has been. So you're going to be sleep talking tonight? Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, well, tonight we want to uh, change it up a little bit. We're going to talk about, we're going to bring a, just a, a scripture to the table and discuss, I guess, kind of some of the controversy around it, um, what it really means to us as Christians, and that verse is going to be First John 1, 9, which is, if we confess, he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And one of the things I think that... Did you read the whole verse? Or you just, I, didn't, I didn't read the whole oh, verse. Oh, okay. That was kind of a... Memory. You did it. You yeah, paraphrased it. I mean, it. I kind of jotted it down real quick. Yeah. And that's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, is, there some, is there a part that I missed that's important? Well, I think it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins yes. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. Yeah. Should we start this over? No, no. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, so I think one of the things that we get, that when we hear this verse, I think a lot of Christians try to apply it to their lives um, on a constant basis, yeah. where we're continually trying to confess so that he will forgive us. Yes. Yeah. So I think you bring up a great point. You you said, you know, kind of a controversial verse. Really, if we look at the verse, really, if we're going to look at verses and pull them out of context, they could all be <clears throat> controversial at sure, some yeah. point. If we put it in context and see what the author, what, what John there is actually talking about, what the context is and what he's after, um, actually, this, this is a great verse. It's a, it's a, um, it just needs to be applied correctly, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of Christians have taken this verse and they've used it as their kind of uh, mantra for how to stay right and stay close to God. Um, keep confessing your sins. God will be, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive you of all of it, but keep confessing it. And um, this has become a a habitual thing for a lot of believers. And actually, 
uh, it can keep us doing exactly, exactly what the verse is intended for us not to do. If you look at the context of 1 John, John is really writing to um, people, and he's actually said, look, if you say you're without sin, if you're if you're denying that you sin, um, the truth isn't in you. Well, that's no. that would be referencing an unbeliever. Right, you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. To he think says, that you but don't look, sin. if you deceive yourself and you say you have no sin, just just stop deceiving yourself. Confess your sin. God is so faithful; He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you of all sins and all unrighteousness. No, and and actually, this is a great verse for for a uh, sin denier to become saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we take it as a saved person and we try to apply it to our daily walk with Jesus in terms of confession of sin in order to stay clean and close to God, um, we actually usurp what the finished work has done, right? right? And how many how many believers, myself, maybe yourself included, I won't speak for you since you're sleepy tonight, but how many of us take a verse like that and we think, you know what, I, I want to do everything. I, see, see this, this motivation that we have to, to have a right relationship with God is a good thing. Um, it comes from a new heart. We desire mm. to be in right relationship with God. The good news of the gospel is the moment we received Jesus Christ, we got into a right relationship with God, not based on us confessing, not based on us repenting, not based on us doing the right stuff and keeping from the wrong stuff, not based on us tithing or going to church or reading our Bible. We got into a right relationship with God based on what Jesus has done on our behalf. Well, I mean, it, like we always it's say— a gift. Yeah, if like we always say, it's if it were up to us, what a mess we would be in. Yeah. You know? So why do we think that we could be in the sin management business by confessing our sins? And, right. you know, how many Christians are trying to maintain and manage their proper relationship with God rather than trusting fully in the finished work that God has provided, saying right. thank you and realizing the moment I confessed that I was a sinner yeah. and stopped being a sin denier— he was faithful to forgive me of all unrighteousness. Right, right. And we want to be clear about that. We want to make sure that everyone understands that there is a moment of confession at salvation. That oh, absolutely. We're conf- we are. We do confess as Christians. Absolutely. And and one of the things I don't I don't ever want to convey to people believers is that we're opposed to confession. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love it. it means... I, I just don't want anybody to listen to this and say, "Oh, so I can just." you know, go on sinning and I don't need to no, and confess, you, you right? No, you bring up the, the the great point of, okay, so if we if we continue to, to believe or if we believe that God has forgiven us all our sins as believers, then what's going to keep me from sinning? Yeah. Right? That you just asked the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't want people to run amok I like that. I know somebody's thinking it. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Paul addresses it in Romans chapter yeah. 6, how we go on yep. sinning that grace might increase. Um, it's a it's a it's an honest question. It's a fair question. I think it's a it's a human question. Um, but consider the question for a second. We talk about, or the scripture talks about, being totally forgiven once for all. Jesus did this at the cross, um, and the moment you received Him, you got totally forgiven for past, present, and future all your sins. Right. Right. And now we get scared. Well, if that's true then what's going to keep me from sinning the next time? And yeah. I'm going to go, uh, the fact that you're totally forgiven. Yeah. And here's how God has rigged this thing, right? He didn't just forgive you. That's part of the gospel. That's why I say if we can't, if we can't buy into the idea that God has totally forgiven us of all unrighteousness, we, 
we'll never lay hold of the beauty that he also gave us a new heart. We've become a new creation. So Jesse, you didn't just get forgiven. You got made brand new. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So your new heart, guess what it doesn't want to do? Sin. It doesn't want to sin. Yeah. So, so your motivation doesn't come from incomplete forgiveness. Your motivation comes from a new heart and being totally forgiven. Yeah. And this is the this is the divine uh, gift. This is grace to us. So when we talk about, well, if you tell me I'm totally forgiven, if you tell me I don't have to go around confessing my sins in order to get forgiven, then how am I going to maintain and manage a right relationship with God? Because previously we're, we're really good at trying to do it by staying on top of our sin management process, yeah. you know, and, and you think about it. So many believers use confession to keep their sins before God, hoping he'll forgive them as they do it. Right. Well, what does God say about our sins? That they're forgiven. They're forgiven, and I will remember them, them no more. No more. Right. But look at us Christians. We're remembering them evermore, you yeah. know? And we we fail to, by faith, lay hold of this finished work that says, okay, this may feel uncomfortable to say I'm totally forgiven, but my gosh, until I can get there, until I can believe God at his word and his work, um, I'll never really live in the freedom that he's provided for me. I'll always yeah. be walking around, and, and many of us do this. I did it for years. It can still be a struggle, right? We're not at any turn here saying that we don't sin or that that we never sin anymore. We're saying that the remedy for our sins has been accomplished by Jesus at the cross, yeah. and confession doesn't add to it. It actually admits it. Right. Confession is to agree with God. Yeah, and we see it elsewhere too in Scripture. It's not just there. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. In the New Testament, like Ephesians two, it says, you know, we're not saved by our words. Right. We're not saved by our confession. Right. You know, we're saved by grace through faith. That's right. And and the finished work of Jesus Christ. So it's not, we're not, you know, constantly being saved by some confession that we make, you know, or trying to remember every sin that we committed. Or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I just got sleepy and tired when you said that. Yeah, right. That we, it's exhausting. If, if I have to be, if I have to remember all my sins in order to yeah. get forgiven of them, yeah, that's exhausting. That's a rat race. You, you ever fallen asleep confessing all your sins? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it's it's, it's miserable. <clears throat> yeah. So so as believers, we don't need to be in this sin management business. Jesus took them away. Let's let's deal with what he came to give us, which is I've come that you might have life. Life, yeah. Yeah. And, and it just so happens abundant. in order to experience life to the full, we've got to believe yeah. that we are totally forgiven once for all. Mm, yeah. You know, growing up, um, we used to talk about confession a lot. And we used to talk about why we need to go to confession, why we need this. Something, it's something that they suggested that we would do it on a monthly basis yeah. or even more. Yeah. And try to remember all your sins and bring them all up and try to, you know, get get that cleansing um peace that comes sure. with being right with that God absolution. again. Yeah. And one of the one of the verses that that they would teach us is and, and they would bring this up, they would talk about uh John twenty when Jesus uh, comes and appears after his death. And on John it's John twenty, twenty two, and he says uh, it says when he had said Let's say, uh, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And John 22 says, and when he said this, 
He breathed the breath on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold any forgiveness for any, it is withheld. Yeah. And that was kind of like their justification for, um, you know, the sacrament of confession and, and the, the, yeah. the reason for having a priest and things like that. Um, so when we, when we talk about something like that, like, is this something, what, what is this verse saying? Like, what is Jesus telling them? Why is he saying, if you withheld, if you withhold forgiveness, well, then he, yeah, he said the it'll same, be withheld. He said the same thing in Matthew at the Lord's yeah. prayer, right? Yeah. Um, forgive us our sins. How? As we forgive others, others, yeah. um, it's it's the old covenant, it's the it's the old way, right? It's if if we do something, then God will do something. God set up that system in order to convince mankind that they needed a savior from that system, mm-hmm. right? When man chose man chose a certain way of living in the garden. God said, "Look, of of this tree, don't don't eat it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man ate from it anyway." So God honored that choice, and then he showed them the the expression of that choice through giving of the law to Israel. And the law is an if-then economy. If you obey the law, then God will bless you. If you don't obey the law, you won't be blessed. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was God's honoring of a choice that man made, and then how to rescue them from that choice was to show them the fullest expression of that choice, hasten it. So what did God do? He hand-wrote the law, right? The finger of God through the Ten Commandments to show Moses and Israel, here's your measuring stick. Here's your standard that that is required because you chose this. And it was for the purpose of showing them not that they could live that way, because who could who could live right, that way? Perfect. <laughs> it was to show them they couldn't. Right. It was not to reveal how to live. It was to reveal that they were dead. Yeah. And in knowing and so the law reveals sin. And, and what for what reason? To drive us to Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus, when in Matthew 6 or in John 20, he's saying, look, here's what forgiveness is like in that old covenant. Right. But it's a very different verse when we look at Ephesians 4 where it says, forgive one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. See, mm-hmm. it's, it's a finished thing, not a, oh, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. It's actually because you've been forgiven, yeah. now you can yeah, forgive. You can. Yeah. It's a totally different economy in this yeah. new covenant. Well, and it's it, good. It's good news. Yeah. And I mean, the old in the Old Testament, forgiveness didn't quite look the same as it does in the New Testament. <laughs> I <laughs> no. mean, no. you're you're covered by the blood of bulls and goats. That's and right. Now you're you're made new, you're made righteous. That's right. And you're totally and he, forgiven. You know, it's the point of the book of Hebrews. Look, the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. Yeah. It could cover it, you yeah. know, but that those sacrifices had to be continual. Mm. And even when they were happening, it says that it could never make the, the, the worshiper's conscience clear yeah. and clean. Well, Jesus has done that. That's that's why I think what we're talking about is so critical for the life of a believer to experience what they've been given in Christ. Because when we stay focused on our sin, whether it's through confession or whatever, sin management, sin maintenance, um, we we fail to set our eyes on Jesus. How many believers are focusing their eyes on their own sin with the with the right motivation because they have a new heart, 
right? right? The right motivation of wanting to be clean and close to God. Right. But with the with with the improper method of thinking that they need to do that rather than fully throw themselves on the grace of God who has already done it for them. Yeah. Say thank you. Confess that we have been totally forgiven. Don't let sin fetter you to those lies anymore. That's why Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews, the author says, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah. So the good news is we can fix our eyes on Jesus and we don't have to sit here and figure out, worry about, manage, maintain sin in order to be okay with God. He's made us okay, so let's let's revel in the fact that we are totally forgiven. Yes, I understand the that it can make us uncomfortable, because because where else on the planet do you get a deal like this, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you don't get it with any other human being. You know, that's why the scripture actually speaks more to confessing your sins one to another. Right. Yeah, that's, I was, was going to ask you about that too. Just the idea of. Like you said, confessing to each other. And it, it creates the environment, the community of vulnerability and intimacy and honesty and transparency so that we can we can throw off the the games we play and hiding from each other and posing and yeah. having to put on a, a false view. Right. You know, yeah, well, I think it's, it's important to think about that when we talk about this verse because confessing to one another, you're not – I mean, I, don't, I guess it could be you're confessing – maybe you're confessing something that you – like a transgression against someone else. But since it doesn't specify it, to me it seems like we're not actually getting forgiven. We're just confessing in order to, um, like you said, have community. Well, sure, but but I mean, if you, you know, if you punch me in the face and, and then you confess that it was wrong, I, you know, I didn't die for your sin, so I'm probably forgiven you right? because you asked for it, right? <laughs> but but the, the truth is what you're saying is, is good because it's... Um, we're not confessing one to another to get forgiven by God. We're confessing one to another because we've been forgiven by God. Right. Now I can free yeah. because I'm okay. Yeah. Because He has made me right yeah. with Him. I can be honest with you. Right. So when I mess up, because my okayness isn't tied to whether I'm doing it right or wrong all the time, it's tied to what Jesus has done. I'm identifying with him. I can admit to you my weaknesses, my mess-ups, and my frailties. Why? Because my my okayness doesn't stem from what you think about me. Right. It stems from who God has made right. me to be. So I can, you know this, I'm a pastor, and, you, you know, I, I can confess to you, I don't have it all together. I mess up. I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. And I don't have to hide them from you because my rightness isn't based on my doing. It's based on what God has done. So I can confess my sins to you. Now, it's going to create a vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? We need to have a safe place to do that. You happen to be one of those safe people because you also know that. And you know that I can confess this to you and it doesn't change your view of me. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we it yeah. creates a, an honesty between us. And, and where there's honesty, there's intimacy. And where there's intimacy, there's power. And where there's power, there's freedom. Yeah. And that's what God is after in a community of believers and saints that can freely admit those things and know that they're still okay. And yeah. if the world, if we could do this for the world, which is which is what we're called to do, just be real, right? Yeah. Um, man, they they would stand at attention and in awe of this God who could provide such grace. 
forgiveness and intimacy. Yeah. yeah how do you um, how do you approach someone who feels who who struggles with the idea that that John First John one nine doesn't apply to them anymore? In terms of a believer, I mean, someone who might feel like, well, how do I know that I have confessed? How do I know that I am forgiven and cleansed of all unrighteousness. Well, if you keep reading in 1 John, it talks about whoever has the Son has the life, Mm -hmm. and so that you may know that you have eternal life, and it's in His Son. So if you are a believer, um, if you have confessed Jesus, right, believed in your heart, then you are guaranteed eternal life, and it's based on His promise. So, So I don't think believers need to walk around guessing at whether they have it or not, and then if you're a believer then I know that anything that says, if if I do something, then God will do something else. I'm like, I, that that's not the economy I've entered into when yeah. I entered into Christ. Right. I, so let me ask you this question. Why does God bless you? Because he loves me. Yeah. Ephesians 1, it says we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I go, the minute you got into Christ at salvation— yeah you realize the character and true nature of our God that he's a blesser and you received all that he offers, right? Mm -hmm. Now you experience those blessings in various forms as you trust him daily or whatever. You get to experience it, but you're not acquiring those blessings because you, you are obedient. You are actually expressing those blessings through obedience. Right. So we we see that God is the empowerment. He's the source. Whatever he, uh, Major Ian Thomas, you say, whatever he demands of you, he will also be the dynamic of that demand. Mm-hmm. He will be the cause of his own effect. He right. will be the... The founder so- and the finisher. That's right. The founder and the finisher, the source and the image. Yeah. Amen. It's good news. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thank you. All right, that does it for today's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, March 29th, Grace Life Fellowship podcast live during our 1015 service, as well as Spring Day directly after the service. Check out our Facebook page, the website for more detail, or give us a call. We'll be back again next week with another conversation. We hope to see you then. Thanks for listening.